welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team's season preview. And this time, the team you've chosen is the New Orleans Saints. And with me, we've got a first timer on the podcast. We've got with us Absolute Radio's Jay Lawrence. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Appreciate it. Any excuse to uh, talk Saints, you know? <laughs> um, off camera, he was wearing a Philadelphia <laughs> t-shirt about three minutes ago. So we almost had that on air, but... Thankfully, he's covered that up with a, it looks like a Notre Dame. Um, it is, actually. I think it is. I've got a load of, um, I lived in uh, in Norwich for a while and um, there was a, there's a, a market there and there's one stall that sells loads of like American, you know, college merchandise. So you just, you know, buy a jumper for a tenner or whatever. So I've got loads of different ones. But yeah, this is a Notre Dame one. And I had the Eagles t-shirt because a friend of mine from Philadelphia, um, uh, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he sent it over. So I have like a Cowboys jumper as well, you know, lots of different stuff. So, but I am a Saints fan. I am a Saints fan. And that is why we're here. And that is really a lovely segue into our first question, which is all about, because we ask our all of our first time on the podcast the same question as to why you support the team you do, especially fans from the UK. So Jay, what made you a Saints fan? Now, I already know via your TikTok, but for those who <laughs> um, aren't familiar with TikTok, and I will put the link out later on, yeah, what, what made you Saints? So I was a, I became a Saints fan because basically um, I, I lived in New Orleans for a, a year when I was at university. So I went to university in Norwich, and then um, which is very different to New Orleans. And then I, got, uh, I, I went to New Orleans for a year, um, and, and I got... Um, I'll be honest before that, like American football, NFL and all that, it didn't really just, it didn't really cross my mind so much. And then I got there and I got, uh, I was put into this flat, this apartment uh, with three people that played for, for the university was Tulane. So that played for that university. So I had uh, two linebackers and a receiver that I was living with. And I, it was a little bit like, you know, fish out of water and all of that, because I was I, I I basically was just shoved into a world of American football, whether it was watching it on the TV, whether it was, you know, going to see them play, because at the time they played at the Superdome. So my first game at the Superdome wasn't a Saints game. It was a two lane game. And then, uh, you know, I went to go see the Saints and I went to go you know see them and all of that. And by the time I actually got into it, the season was done. So that wasn't like a fantastic, but that that year as well was the year that the last time that the the Super Bowl was at was in New Orleans. So I got to experience, you know, that whole that whole time I got to experience, you know, living with these guys that you know lived football. I got to experience being in a city which not only had Mardi Gras, had the Super the Super Bowl as well. So that was the infamous one between. The 49ers and the Ravens, where the electricity just went out, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that was a little bit uh, bizarre. Uh, so, yeah, so, I, you know, I had a pretty amazing year when you think about it. I mean, it's quite a good way to get into a sport and quite a good reason to support a team. You know, there's, um, I, I feel quite um, privileged to have been, you know, in that position and been able to do that. And, uh, you know, it, it it gave me this sort of foothold into a, not only a city, but it gave me a foothold into a sport, which is um, for several months a year it sort of consumes me. So I've got a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, I mean, I've been to New Orleans when they're last season, uh, experienced Halloween in New Orleans. which I don't Oh, know my <laughs> Halloween is amazing. <laughs> oh, it was it was good. I mean, it was um, I knew I was told, you know, it's a place to be on Halloween, but I didn't know it would be quite like that that was something that um I felt like I was in you know Magalufal's auntie when I was there like, <laughs> that's it's a month long 
it starts on October 1st, you know, so I remember going on the streetcar because I lived uptown and, you know, going downtown, um, you know, on the streetcar and you go past these amazing houses on St. Charles and you've got this, um, and all of them are decked out in like Halloween gear. Is is And then I remember like the, the best night out that I ever had wasn't during Mardi Gras or anything like that. It was on Halloween. So you go down to, we went downtown, we went down to the Frenchman Street, which is just like behind um, the French Quarter and you could not move you couldn't move everyone was sort of dressed up uh, it was crazy so yeah that's one of the like the best nights I have so whenever I like talk about Halloween and you know it's so funny that you say that because it, I don't think you quite comprehend it you know this it's this American thing isn't it Halloween it's more American than it is British but in New Orleans it is just an unbelievable thing so I, I'm pleased that you said that <laughs> yeah it is quite crazy and I think that I think I enjoyed it even more if I was 21 again. I think going at 28, yeah, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not quite the same, but I think, um, yeah, I think I'd have absolutely loved it even more if I was 21. But what I did love, and I know you showed me a picture, which will be on our graphic on this podcast, of you at the stadium. I went there for a game. I thought it was superb. I mean, you've been there as well. You said, so, yeah, your take on the stadium, how, just how good is it? For those who are listening or watching on YouTube who maybe haven't experienced a Super, a super Dome game, I mean, do check out a vlog if you haven't yet um, on, on the game there. But overall, yeah, how would you describe the experience of the Superdome for you? I mean, it's very different to a lot of stadiums because obviously it is a dome i know that sounds really stupid and really obvious but what that means is that despite there being a, an enormous number of people like ninety thousand people or whatever it is it feels very intimate because you are all closed in you know it's very it's high rather than wide if that makes sense uh it's just quite a, a claustrophobic experience in, in the best sort of way um you know and it's uh the last time I went there, it was just, it was 2019 was the last time. That's the, the time that I sent the photo f from as well. Uh, and it, it's, it's just quite an, an intoxicating atmosphere. Um, and you can't come. And if you've not been to a game in a dome before, and, and if you've never been to, to America and experienced an NFL game, it's automatically going to be different than if you've been in the UK, just because of the, uh, just because of the stadiums, really, you know, the Superdome, it is a, uh, it's an experience like no other. It's really difficult to quite to to try and explain it. Really, I think it's because, you know, in when you compare it to you know uh, football, as in you know in this country in the UK, you got about you know eighty seventy to eighty percent of the people are from the you know the home team, and then you've got the the away end and all of that. But obviously in the states, you don't really have that. You know, ninety five percent of people are going in New Orleans anyway are going to be the home team. So you've got the whole stadium, you know, the whole stadium rooting for whatever happens, whether it's offense or defense. Uh, and it just means that everything gets so loud so quickly. You, know, that's, you often hear that, don't you? You know, when you're watching the games, you know, the commentators often say like, you know, the 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 traveling team, they're, they're having trouble communicating and all of that, you know, because they can't they can't hear each other. And, and that's what um, domes do. And that's what the Superdome does so well. I mean, you've got this, you know, this, uh, fan base that is so ferocious and has this fever like Saints fans do it just comes together quite well yeah I agree I mean um there wasn't really a bad seat in the house and when me and my friend who actually went to the first ever American football game in the Superdome so I mean what a way to start um quite a contrast between that and and the Texans <laughs> the next game I went to yeah. really. um I found that even when you know you're walking up towards your seat and you can see sometimes you go like for go quick go to toilets or you go get some food on the way to your seat and you can see a glimpse of where you'll sit of like of the view inside the stadium and then you go to your seat and I 
it's obviously inside the stadium it is something else and I think I'd most compare it probably to a UK stadium probably to the Principality Stadium or Millennium Stadium mm. as I think in terms of that it's closed off stadium it, as you say it's more high than wide I think that if you are listening and we have done an episode on my time in New Orleans so if you haven't yeah, check it out. Do check it out. I got friends of mine going this year. Um, part of the Dolphins fan club I'm in, but it's um, yeah. I, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast, you have to get to some point, and I'm sure you'll agree with me because it is just fantastic. I mean, the weather was good as well. That helped. It was um, and when I went as well, it was uh, Saints Raiders. So the game was actually. Bit of, uh, it was actually a blowout in the end. and Oh, yeah, and, I remember this now, yeah. And with the Raiders fan base, you know what the Raiders fan base are like, add that to the Saints fan base. It was quite a good atmosphere, despite it being, I think it was 24-0 or something like that, the final score. So, yeah, it was, yeah, couldn't believe it. Um, and finally, before we go into this, the off-season, favourite memory as a Saints fan? Favourite memories? Do you know what? I've got a lot more heartbreak memories than I do as, oh, as favourite favorite memories. Because, you know, I, I lived in New Orleans 20... 12 right so uh just over 10 years ago and uh, so that means that but prior to that you know i missed the the super bowl win <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't get to experience that so that would have been the high but you know since then there's been especially during the drew Brees era uh from about what's it it's about 2017 ish something like that and then there was three really good seasons being a Saints fan where basically it looked like, you know, every single year the Saints could be in the Super Bowl, but then every single year it was some sort of heartbreak at the end, whether it was that the Rams game with the no call uh, or the um, uh, the Minna, uh, Minneapolis miracle, obviously. Uh, there was another Minnesota loss in there as well. Um, and a, and I think that and the last game with Breeze was that Tampa Bay loss. So there's been a lot of sort of heart heartache i think that the the only thing that i guess the one thing i'd say like you know comes to mind isn't necessarily a specific moment but it is getting to experience what it's like having a a an ex, an extremely competent quarterback in play you know as i say i missed a lot of i missed the super bowl here and i, I missed some legendary saints teams but at the same time you know so many teams out there so many fans don't get to experience what it's like having a quarterback that will go down as no doubt like a first ballot, you know, Hall of Famer, because they're they're that good. You you love you know if you're a Jets fan, for example, you haven't had a, a player and a quarterback in fifty years which you could call like that caliber, you know. So it's one of those things where to experience that, yes, it's over, but to be able to experience that and to be able to every single week watch a game and think, I know that the quarterback isn't going to let me down. If anything, you know, it, it's not going to be Drew's fault, no matter what happens. It's very unlikely it's going to be Drew's fault that, you know, that, that the Saints lose. Then that is, that's something that I suppose you've got to cherish. However, it doesn't, it it doesn't give you that Super Bowl experience, I suppose. But at the same time, you know, you take what you can get. And I got several years of the Saints being favorites in basically every single game that they went into you know despite the, the tragedy that happened in the playoffs but you know uh you you experience it you sort of you love it and you've got to be thankful for it because who knows if it will ever happen again yeah I think mean you share somewhat of a similar thing in terms of I mean for me it's even more extreme the fact that I think I was maybe five when Dan Marino retired maybe yeah. four and in my time I've been supporting fan has been uh, like Jay Fiedler not, not Jay Fiedler, but, um, Matt Moore, you know, um, Ryan Tannehill, 
to a tango of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I mean, two. Don't is forget Jay Cutler. Let's oh, not forget that. Let's not forget Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the greatest, the greatest I've ever seen. It's, um, <laughs> so I think I've never. Really, I think two is probably the best I've seen. Who ironically is probably very quite like Drew Brees. I think in his kind of play. But I think that yeah, it's certainly. Um, I've been styled of a good quarterback and I, I'm still waiting one day to have a quarterback I love so much. I want to get their jersey on the back. I've not had that yet. Uh, my favourite's probably been Fitzpatrick, um, just because of his probably his personality more mm. than his, his play on the field. But um But that's yeah. not somebody that, as I say, you can go into thinking, you know, no matter what I mean, I loved watching Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm not a Dolphins fan, so it was you know, or a Bucks fan or you know, whoever else he played for, Jets Bills. Uh it meant that it was entertaining. You know, but you don't go into that game thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to let me down. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Whereas with Drew, it was like every game, you know, you could be down 10 points thinking uh, Drew's going to get us back. Do you know what I mean? So for that, from that aspect, it's it's quite lucky. And, you know, yeah, I can. Yeah. Being five years old when Dan Marino retires, that's worse than what I got. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, right, so let's head into the off-season. Um, main ins and outs in free agency include the likes of Adam Troutman, tight end, uh, quarterback Andy Dalton, Mark Ingram, Marcus Davenport, as well as the likes of cornerbacks Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley Roby. And then the main ins, uh, Jesse James, tight end. Bradley Roby's still there, I think. Bradley Roby's still there. Is he? Oh, yeah. my apologies. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the um, list of players who have left and he was somewhat honest. Maybe he's re-signed or something. I think he's probably re-signed, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's have a look. So Wikipedia... The reliable source that is, yeah, <laughs> it does say he's there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, uh, other ends include Foster Moreau, Lynn Bowden, and of course the, the main one is quarterback Derek Carr via the Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is funny because the game I was at was Satan's against Raiders. Mm. Um, and then the draft itself, uh, your first round pick was Brian Brucey, the defensive tackle, 29th overall. Um, Isaiah Foskey, defensive end, 40th overall. Kendra Miller running back 71st overall and another one I wanted to highlight because he's a player that I liked in his college tape was A.T. Perry, the wide receiver, 195th overall. So for you, Jay, um, his overall take on on the off-season ins and out for your team? Well, I mean, I think that they they managed to get players in which who needed to get players in. I mean, the big thing was really, for me, and it happened very quickly in the space of, I think, the first 24 hours of free agency, uh, was the exodus on defense, you know, not, not, I mean, in staff as well. I mean, Ryan Nielsen left, he went to the Falcons and so many players went to the Falcons as well from the, from the defense. So really it, it got to the point where it was a case of before free, or, you know, around free agency, around the draft time as well. It was, you just need bodies, <laughs> you know, more than anything else. So to get Brian Breesy, who, you know, all I've heard about Brian Breesy is that he has, um, been a little bit unlucky in his Clemson career. He was like the number one rated player in high school. A bit unlucky. He had a uh, he had a, a big injury. He also had um, a, a family member pass away as well whilst he was at college. So there's some reasons why you know he he hasn't necessarily been top of his game. But everything I've sort of heard is you know watch out for this guy. Him being a defensive tackle, we needed a defensive tackle to be honest with you. Same goes with us. I say a Fosky as well because. Uh, you've got Peyton Turner, who is still there with the Saints, who, another edge, but he hasn't really performed. You've got Marcus Davenport, who left for the Vikings, who was very, 
when he played and when he was on form, he was great, but there was a lot of injuries there. And it's interesting, actually, as well, because prior to the draft, a lot of, you know, Saints fans, a lot of people were saying, you know, if you looked at the the measurables, if you looked at all of the traits that Foskey and Davenport had prior to, you know, the draft, they were unbelievably similar. Like, they were really, really similar. So it's not too much of a surprise that actually they got that Davenport left and Foskey came in. So I felt okay about that. Um Kendra Miller running back again. These are just players that just needed to come in because, you know, there's a chance that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. As you said, Mark Ingram's gone, you know, Jamal Williams came in, which is great, but he isn't going to be the number one running back. So again, it's, you want good players, but part of me kind of was just like, at the moment you just need, we just need some bodies as well, especially on defense. And, you know, the Saints defense has been so good for so many years. So, um, and, and in terms of, Offense, you know, Michael Thomas came back, which I was very pleased about. I've got a lot of love for Michael Thomas. I know the past few years hasn't been great for him, like injuries mostly. Uh, I'm glad that you say something about A.T. Perry as well, because I've not watched any college tape from him. But again, all I hear about is that, you know, he there's there's a real, real good chance that he could make the roster. And for being like a sixth round pick in the draft, there isn't any guarantee that that's going to happen especially when you brought in other players as well, like James Washington, the receiver came in, uh, Brian Edwards from the Raiders as well. So you've got, a, again, that's a lot of bodies going in. So, I, you know, but A.T. Perry, I've heard some good things about. So in terms of the big in, as you say, Derek Carr, if you want my opinion on Derek Carr, uh, with Andy Dalton going out, there was a lot of talk like, well, Andy Dalton actually, he did have a, you know, a good season. And, you know, if you look at his uh, statistics and all that, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if people watch the games, you know, and that's not a disrespect to Andy Dalton because he he wasn't a bad player. I don't feel like I was watching the games thinking this guy is doing us a disservice, you know, being a Saints fan and all of that. But sometimes you can just get caught up with uh, the stats and, you know, the ratings and all of that. I don't doubt that Derek Carr is going to be an improvement. Um, and then I suppose apart from that, it's it's just looking at, the other quarterbacks that would have been available at the time that were free agents and then were maybe available via trade. And if you really think about it, I think I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, the, was the only big quarterback that was traded, obviously Aaron Rodgers. So then if you take away Aaron Rodgers, which is like a first round pick, was it, was it one first round, maybe two first round picks, it will end up being something like that. So I don't think that was never going to happen. So then you've got to look at it and then you've got to think it was maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Derek Carr. Those were probably the only two options. I actually don't mind Jimmy Garoppolo at all. Again, injuries, though. He's just he's a lot of injuries. Or do you stay with Jameis Winston? And obviously they weren't. It was obvious they didn't want to stay with Jameis Winston as the number one quarterback. So I feel okay about Derek Carr being the number one quarterback. Obviously, you could have looked at the draft as well, but we'll forget about that for the moment. I feel okay about it. I feel quite positive in the sense that I think it's going to be um, that he will be an improvement. Um, you know, he's, the problem is, is that it's really, as I said moments ago, it's not been that long since Drew Brees was a saint. So therefore it's almost like everybody gets compared to Drew Brees. The offense is so similar to when Drew Brees was, was there. I do think he'll be able to push us further down the field though. And Jameis Winston, when he was in, when he was playing earlier, early last season and, you know, in the season before that, you know, before he got injured, there's a lot of hesitant, hesitancy, which is ironic considering that he, there wasn't, you know, in the years before that. 
so I feel fine about it. And James being number two, actually, if you think about it, it's it's a pretty good room. And you, we drafted Jake Hayner as well, who also came from Fredno State, which is where Derek Carr came from. So I presume that there was a lot of, um, there was a reason why he was put in, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of good words put in from Derek. So I feel okay about the off season. I do. I feel like improvements have been made compared to last season. My one concern is you just got, you just got a whole lot of new faces on the uh, defensive line. Is there going to be, is it going to be okay um, in the, uh, on the edge roles as well? Oh, I suppose, and the offensive. I mean, I've just got concerns, but everyone's got concerns about their own team. Offensive line, I suppose. The defensive line. Um, but, and is there going to be a linebacker as well? Because we just, I think I feel okay about it. I mean, you, you make, the more I talk about it, the more I feel like I'm, you know, just going into my own head about it. The one thing I think is, will the defense be as good as it has been over the last few, few years with as much of a changeover as there has been? Yeah, and I think that, in a way, you'll help because the division isn't the strongest. I yeah. mean, the, the Panthers have just upgraded, you know, with Bryce Young, but the, the Bucks have lost the greatest ever. And, you know, the, the Falcons have mm. their bidder. No one really knows whether he's going to be the guy for this season. If he doesn't come in, um, his backup is um, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. So yeah. it's, um, I think, in that sense, I think Derek Carr, I, well, I don't think he's, I'm not the, the biggest Derek Carr fan. I think that he is someone that, is enough of an upgrade to make you be a challenger for the NFC South. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether I, I, I question whether you needed to go for him or not. I think obviously better than Andy Dalton, don't get me wrong, but a part of me thinks, could you have gone a different route? I, I'm not sure. Um, but you mentioned defense as well. I mean, you mentioned about everything that's okay with Drew Brees there. I mean, everything's okay with Cam Jordan there. You must have that same mm-hmm. feeling with him. I mean, he's one of the best ever of the last 10 years in his position. But um, maybe you can send, maybe would you say is more the coaching of Dennis Allen? Because last year was obviously his first year being a head coach and wasn't really, didn't really go to plan basically. And does that concern you at all? The fact that you can have these great teams, you can have Kamara there from even half the season, you know, you've got Michael Thomas, if he gets back to some of his best form, Derek Carr's an upgrade, Cam Jordan's there, Tyron Matthews on the backfield, but does that could all be completely affected by the coaching of Dennis Allen? So is that a concern for you or would you put last year down to maybe being his first year with the team? Well, he was, you know, he, he was with the team. He's been with the team for a long time. I think that, you know, you, you make, you got to make that clear. He was the defensive coordinator for a long time, he's um, and he's been an extremely successful defensive coordinator with the Saints for a long time. So it might be his first head coaching role since the failed Raiders uh, debacle, I suppose, a few years ago. He didn't get, do so well. However, you, you need to you got to think about what his primary reason in is being in being in that role is. It's not because he's a he's an offensive mind, because he's not an offensive mind. He's a defensive mind. And he's proven himself um, as an extremely capable defensive coordinator. You know, you had Ryan Nielsen there last year, who was the defensive coordinator in, you know, in name only, really, to be honest with you, because, you know, um, uh, Dennis Allen was doing, he was, he was running it. So I don't feel so bad about him being there for that reason, you know, it's not as if he's scheming up the offensive plays. Obviously, the buck stops with him totally. However, the 
I think I was more concerned with the offensive play last year than I was with the defensive play. You know, towards the the latter the latter half of the season, particularly, the defense was really great. You know, and that's what we expect to see when we see a Saints defense from the past five years or so. But the offense wasn't on fire by any means, you know. And then that partially, I expect, had something to do with. Well, obviously, had a, the biggest part I had something to do with was Sean Payton was no longer there. This is, you know, one of the best offensive minds, you know, of the NFL, a full start. So he goes, you're obviously going to take some sort of a hit in some way. So steps. So his number two, Pete Carmichael, steps in. So he's been the offensive coordinator for a long time at the Saints. Um, however, again, just like with the Dennis Allen situation at the moment, Sean Payton was the one that was calling the plays nearly all the time. So... Pete Carmichael was OC, yes, but was he just OC in name only? So he comes in and he's the one that's calling the plays. And that's the thing that concerned me more. I didn't feel like the Saints were uh, lighting it up as much as you'd want them to. You know, yes, you've got Jameis Winston. He gets injured. They decide not to go back to him and they put Andy Dalton in. I'm sure that's going to have something to do with it. But at the same time, it just didn't flow. The one thing that a lot of people picked up on was... Uh, Alvin Kamara really on the lack of the fact that he wasn't really involved in the passing game. This is one of the best pass catchers of the last five years that, you know, running back pass catchers the last five years in the NFL. And he just wasn't doing it. I mean, the stats were hilarious. If you're not a Saints fan, they're hilarious anyway, you know, watch, you know, looking at it and seeing the fact that he's just not being thrown the ball at all. So I, you know, I do wonder, is that something that they're going to try and, you know, if we take away the potential suspension, is that something that they're going to try and do a lot, this summer Pete Carmichael he wasn't fired there was some you know chatter is that going to happen are they going to replace him as OC no they're sticking with him so I'm not so concerned with Dennis Allen granted if the Saints do awful this year no matter what happens even if the defense is absolutely amazing Dennis Allen isn't going to be you know if they if they win two games Dennis Allen is not going to be the head coach though I do think if they win six he probably still would be the head coach but I, I think that it's more the offense that I am concerned about than I am the defense in terms of coaching and what do you think will happen with Alvin Kamara because it's been a, a long sort of delayed process I mean there's talk of suspension last year we didn't get one I'm looking at the news now um, I mean there's something that came out in February um, new footage emerging but not really been anything really since then I mean we had the incident you know the Pro Bowl in Vegas etc cetera, etc cetera, but what do you think will happen? Do you think it'll be maybe half a season, a season? Do you think maybe not at all? Like, what's your prediction for how that's going to go down and how long you think he's going to potentially get suspended for? Well, I don't think it'll be a season. I mean, it was a, it, he is down on an assault charge, I believe. And as you say, there is footage. Um, or maybe it's battery. I, I mean, don't, don't, don't quite be on that, to be honest with you. But I know that he is, he's, he is looking, um, uh, I would expect something like six games around that. And I think that there's probably precedent that it would be around six games. There's a chance it could be a little bit less. They could be, It could go up to eight, potentially. If it was a season, I'd be extremely surprised. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. But at the same time, you don't know when it's going to happen either. Is it going to happen before the season? I expect it probably would. And then is it the first half of the season or does it happen, you know, later in the season with immediate suspension, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. But that's why getting a running back in the draft and making sure you had a solid number two in Jamal Williams was so important because you don't really know what's going to happen. Last year, 
you know, Mark Ingram. I am a huge Mark Ingram fan, massive Mark Ingram fan, but he is, uh, he's essentially retired now anyway. I think he's taken a job um, covering college football. I don't know if he's come out and said he's retired, but he's essentially retired. But he was, you know, he's he's older. And then you had just a rotating number of people, really. It was like David Johnson was there for a while. You know, it was just there wasn't another player there, to be honest with you. So improving the running back room, knowing that there's going to be a probable suspension was really important. So I suspect it will be something around six games. But look, I'm not Roger Goodell. I'm not a legal expert by any means. I'm just thinking about like, you know, precedents. I know that something happened with Ezekiel Elliott uh, a few years ago as well. I believe that was around six games. So you've got to think it'll be about that, maybe half a season. Um, so you just need to make sure that you have those players uh, there as well. But, you know, no one really is going to compare to an on-form Alvin Kamara, you know? Well, of course, I mentioned that game I went to last year. He scored three touchdowns that game. So he was yeah. at his best when I, when I saw him play. But I think that with the suspension, I think that, you know, if Deshaun Watson only got, what, 12 games he got, I can't, I, and also the NFL seems to get longer suspensions for gambling than they do in uh, actual violence, but I think if if you go by that alone, and I think maybe 12 will be the most, and maybe six, the original suspension he got, Deshaun Watson, before I got changed, might be the more... It was eight, was it? Was it eight, the original one, or was it six? It was either eight or six. I know it was something that was quite low, and then obviously the, they changed it, I yeah. think, like a week later or something. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that will probably have a huge impact on the season. But then again, Jamal Williams come in last season; he was very good. So I think that getting him in, as you say, was absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a big thing going into the season. So now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the episodes, where we go through each game and each fan predicts whether this game will be a win, loss, or tie for their team. So first off, week one at home against Tennessee Titans. Win, loss, or tie? Oh, let's go for the win. Start start as you mean to go on and all of that. I think that the Saints have... Um, yeah, I mean, who, we're presuming that Ryan Tannehill's playing quarterback. Don't know who their receivers are apart from Traylon Burks, I suppose, at the moment. So I reckon Saints win. Okay, and then week two is against the team that's coming next on our season previews on the road to the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah, Andy Dalton revenge game. Um, I think it depends there who's playing quarterback as well. Their receivers, they don't really have many receivers either. If they're deciding to play Bryce Young early, that could be a good thing for the Saints. But I think that they're going to start with Andy Dalton. Um, but yeah, I, I think Saints Saints win again there. I, I, I think I think that Panthers might get into it a little bit, but might be later on in the season. Hey, and then week three, on the road, so iconic Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers. Mm. It's all about the quarterbacks in the first three. Um, and I think that in this one in particular as well, Jordan Love, is he going to start on fire? If he starts on fire, or if he start, I think that could be the first Saints loss of the year. Hey, I mean, the first six games are really games of questionable quarterback dynamics because week four... At home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints win. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty obvious. I, I hope I don't need to expand on that. I think that, you know, hopefully the Saints will win that one. If they don't win that one, then, yeah, disappointing <laughs> season is is ahead. Uh, week five is on the road to the New England Patriots. Um, 
You know, I think that the Saints are a better team than the New England Patriots. It's just maybe it's like the history of the Patriots, which means that you am and are over it a little bit. Um, but I'll, I'll again, is Mac Jones going to play like last season or the season before? Um, I'll say Saints win. Oh, I'm being way too optimistic so far. <laughs> I need to need to clamber this back. Uh, week six, um, on the road to the Houston Texans. Okay, well, this isn't going to be the one where I clamber it back. Saints win. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be um, our home to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think this will be a tough game, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I love the Jags. I think it's with the, you know, the whole UK angle and all of that. Really big fan of Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, I like what they've done this off-season too. Yeah, we'll, we'll say, but is it home? We'll say a Saints loss for that one. But okay. that could be, that could be, that could go either way, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> factory against Jacksonville, who I think are team that's on the rise, but you are at home and I think it's one of the stages where there is actual proper home advantage. Mm. So, um, interesting happens there. But of course, Jaguars are the UK's team and of course, you had a lot of TikToks last year I saw um, out in London for the game. So, are you yeah. going to any of the games yeah. this year? Yeah, planning to go to all of the games this year. I was um, hoping to go to Germany as well, but I don't think that's going to happen. Tried to get some tickets uh, and didn't. Uh, it says something like 1.5 million people are ahead yeah. of you in the queue, which is actually madness. Um, uh, so I'm planning on going to all of the games, which means that, yeah, I'll see uh, I'll see the Jags twice. Yeah, I'll be there for all three as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping through our fan club, We'll be getting a ticket to Germany to watch Dolphins Chiefs. Nice. It is, that, I mean, that'll be amazing. Yeah. That's the one I tried to go to. Well, that you know, that's the game that went on sale, isn't it? Mm. Which is probably the best game that uh, on paper in for you know for a few years. I'd say it's probably the best on paper ever international game. Mm. I mean, I can't think of any London game that's had that good of a sort of on paper match review. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some games where the actual game no one expects to be good. Um, I will know specs be teams that are going for it and end up like Viking Saints, for example, is one of the best games London's ever seen. And I'm gutter that the one year I didn't go to games in London was the one that um that happened in. But um sorry Vikings beat Vikings <laughs> beat Saints. Oh, that that's just something that repeats over and over again. <laughs> the pain of your life. Um yeah. we'll get them in in a bit. <laughs> they are close <laughs> by in this schedule. Um week eight on the road against the Colts. Um, yeah, the thing is, is that the Saints haven't been great with running quarterbacks um, over the last few years. I mean, obviously, the personnel has changed. Um, so, again, it's about the quarterback. And I think with Anthony Richardson, out of all of them, he's the biggest one that is the, the, um, what's the, the uncertainty factor. You know, is he going to be... People talk saying, "Oh, is he going to be like unbelievable?" You know, because he's got a, he's got a massive arm and he can run like the wind. But early in the season, let's go with the Saints win. That would be a disappointing one to lose, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen with with Richardson. Whether he's going to be like a prime Newton or like a prime Josh Allen, or whether he's going to be nowhere near that so I think or if it be... takes a year or two to figure out because Josh yeah. Allen you know he's been great for years but in the first year he wasn't frankly and but he turned it around very quickly so you know hopefully all these hopefully Anthony Richardson will get time uh to to perform 
But yeah, hopefully not in that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the Colts know more than most people that because Peyton Manning took a while to just exactly. settle. First year wasn't great, and then look what's happened since. He's uh, one mm-hmm. of the best to ever do it. Um, week nine is a home game against the Chicago Bears. Same thing, really. I mean, that'd be a disappointing one to lose. I love Justin Fields. Um, I suppose him and Anthony Richardson have got quite a lot in common at the moment, you know, talking about running quarterbacks and, and all of that, sort of taking over the league, aren't they? Um, again, dis- it'd be a disappointing one to lose. So, get- again, I'm going to have to say Saints win. This is... How many have I said lost so far? Like so, two? So far, with nine wins in, yeah, seven two. So it's um, Okay, well, you know what, I'll take that. We've got a few to go. There's a few losses to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I should hope so. <laughs> um, week 10, before your week 11 bye week, is against the arch nemesis of recent times. The, for you, especially being a fan of the last 10 years, probably the team that's given you the most pain mm. on the road to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'll put that one down as a loss. It just seems to happen every single time, to be honest with you. And uh, Justin Jefferson is so good. Uh, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of... Um, criticism i think but you know what those two have worked very well so far so you've got to presume it's just going to carry on and it'll probably carry on against the saints so yeah that'll be i'll put that one down as a as an l hey and after you buy week week 12 you travel to atlanta to take on the falcons saints win let's go saints win i'm going to say that against both the falcons i think just to just for um integrity more than anything else <laughs> so i'll put it down as a week 18 win as well yeah yeah do that do that just put it just do that <laughs> i like a lot of what the falcons have done actually i think they've been generally they've been great but i mean desmond Ritter did nothing to make you think that he was the the future there so you know if there was aaron Rodgers or whoever behind you know the behind center there then maybe i'll be speaking differently but um, he's got it all to prove, Desmond Ridder. And at the moment, I think Saints, uh, Saints will win them both, let's hope. Yeah, I think the Falcons personally are waiting for Caleb Williams. I think that's why they didn't go for anyone in free agency or try and get try and get Lamar Jackson a bit more. Um, so I think they'll probably, whether that's trading up or whether they have that bad a record, I think they'll be a team that will be looking to try and get him and get that first yeah. overall pick. Um, week 13, it's a stretch now of three straight home games. The first one comes against Detroit Lions. I really like the Detroit Lions. I think it's because of Hard Knocks last year, to be honest with you. I mean, just as blunt as that, I really enjoyed watching them. Dan Campbell, their head coach, was with the Saints for a long time uh, in in various roles, most recently as the tight ends coach, I believe he was. He's very likeable, I think, Dan Campbell. Um, But I think, again, Saints, I think, at home would be favourites in that game. So I'll say Saints win. Okay, and that means then, going into week 14, you take on the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this is the point where, although it's at home, the Panthers at this point might have got a little bit of steam going, especially if Bryce Young has taken over and he's, you know, maybe it takes him three or four games to get into his groove a little bit or maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, I I imagine that Saints are probably going to lose one of those Panther games. So I'll say this one is the Saints loss. Okay, and then week 15, uh, your penultimate home game of the season uh, at home to the New York Giants. Yeah. Um, I think Didn't we have this game last year, I think? Wasn't it at home to the New York Giants? I can't remember. Uh, I'll put this one down as a loss as well. I just feel like... No, maybe it was the year before that, sorry. Yeah, Daniel Jones just seems to play very well. 
against the Saints. He has been improving. Um, I like I like bits and pieces about the Giants. I don't think they're all there, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that the Saints lose. So we'll put that put that one down as a loss as well. And then we met, we had the Vikings before. Um, this one really is probably PTSD week for all Saints fans as you take on the Rams on the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, yeah, definitely PTSD. I suppose on the we'll put this one down as a a Saints win. I think I'm not sure how the Rams are a very uncertain team at the moment. I think because of last year and, and obviously they won the Super Bowl the year before that. But they were I don't think they were the best team the way, the year they won the Super Bowl. But last year they were obviously pretty diabolical. But that was when Matt Stafford wasn't playing. I know there's lots of talk about he's injured, how is he going to be? Blah, 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 blah. Let's just presume that he's going to be the Matt Stafford that he always has been, which is an above average quarterback. Not Patrick Mahomes by any means, but above average quarterback. Uh I'll put this one down as a do you know what actually? This is a Saints loss. I'm putting this down as a Saints Ooh. loss. Plot twist at the end. I was thinking yeah, he'd win. Yeah, I just, I just thought, you know, you know, like I, I've, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a sentence last at all. Yeah, I think go back to the Rams. We actually mentioned it briefly on the last episode of the Bills podcast, where um, basically we said that I do feel like that 13 seconds was the best thing to happen to the Rams because I do feel like if the Bills had made a Super Bowl, I think that they would have probably beaten them. I think they were, I yeah. think they were the best team certainly in the AFC that year. I think. Um, obviously the Bams are lucky the fact that the Chiefs blew a lead I think the Chiefs could have beaten them and I think the Bengals whilst I think they probably might tip for the AFC this year I think back then I think they were probably a bit too early to be there so it's um, yeah it's a shame um, for the Rams but I suppose you said before that I think I would take nine bad years for Dolphins if it meant one year lifting up Lombardi I think that most fans exactly that. unless you're a Patriots fan unless you're a Chiefs fan because you're used to success <laughs> I think people like you and me would definitely take that. <laughs> I would definitely take that. You know, you get to have that one experience of, you know, the euphoria, even if it means that, you know, you've got a few seasons of quite the opposite. But you'll always, you'll always have that one year where you can look back on and be like, you know, that was incredible and have those memories. You know, you'd rather have one year of euphoria than loads of years of rubbish than lots of years of, you know, coming third or something. Or maybe even second, you know, Bill, look at Bills fans, you know, how many decades yeah. ago that came... That were runner runners up, I suppose. Every you know, what is it, four years in a row? So yeah, and they would have taken one, and then and been completely irrelevant for the the rest of the years. So yeah, no, I'm agreeing with that. I'm agreeing with that. And of course, me and you both Liverpool fans. Of course, we've had a similar experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had that <laughs> one year where you can look back and go, "Oh, that Premier League was amazing." But you know, a few second places. But um, you know, we were almost but, almost were bills at one point. That year was amazing. That year was amazing. Don't get oh. me wrong, but it was tainted though at the same time because it you how you could you enjoyed it. However, there was a lot. That was the COVID year, mm. which meant that there wasn't any um, there, there wasn't any you know celebration in the streets. There there wasn't there weren't any people in the crowd when when you know towards the the last games of the season. But I mean, Liverpool have been exceptional for years apart from last year but um it's just ridiculous that man city are just a machine so yeah it's, i can sort of see the uh the similarities there yeah yeah i think for me i can see how it'd be more of an issue for fans who have season tickets for example but for someone like myself who watches most games on a sofa anyway yeah, yeah watching yeah. it i i've been watching on that sofa regardless so for me I, I want to see because my, my brother's a Man U fan, so seeing all those years of him seeing his team win the in my childhood win the Premier League, I think I've always wanted to see at least one 
Lee Tyler. Yeah. I'll always have that. It's on the back of my walls. You can see the little frame about it. So I was wondering if that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'll always um, I have that in my mind. I think Rams fans, particularly of the last of a certain age, will probably have that same thing. The ones that were too old, too young for the Kurt Warner team, I think they'll certainly have the same sort of mm. mentality. Uh, speaking of which, actually, uh, Buccaneers come next. They're one amazing season. Um, and they're on the road again in week 17. Well, I think I'll put down as a Saints win as well. I mean, the Buccaneers are, are I think, a lot of people's favourites to finish last in the NFC South. Whether or not that happens, obviously, we'll see. Um, again, Bucks, Bucks, the the two the two Falcons games I'm being hopeful for the two Bucks games, I am, I I would be disappointed if the Saints don't win both of them. I think. Hey, so that means that you finished with a ten and seven record. You would think that would, especially in the NFC, would get you at least as a wildcard team in the playoffs with that record. You would think. Um, so- I'm just going to interrupt this by saying that actually I got it wrong in the recording. It should have been an 11-6 and record for Jay for the New Orleans Saints. I think in the NFC South, that is finishing first. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good point. I do. 10-7 and seven is achievable, honestly. like I was th- The first half of the season, I was like, when I say win for everything, I was like, okay, I'm being way too hopeful here. But 10-7, and seven, as a Saints fan, I'm, I would be confident that that would get you to the NFC South title. I would yeah. like, maybe maybe the fourth seed, but still, you know, I'm confident. So you make the playoffs, your your player a division winner, so you'll be in the top four seeds. Should that happen, how far do you think the team will go in the playoffs? Um divisional. I think divisional. I think that would be seen as a success for the Saints for sure. Uh, I think that would be, you know, but yeah, I, I can see, I could see it being divisional. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we got to the playoffs and then went out in wild card. I'd be, I'd be extremely surprised if we went beyond the divisional. So I'll, I'll say divisional. Anything further than that, if we got to a the title game, well, I mean, that's unbelievable. Winning a Super Bowl, well, that's very, very, very unlikely. So I'll say divisional. We'll go with that. Um, but anything further than a wild card, I think, is probably uh, a bonus. Fair enough. So that means that you know you're our let's see one. You're the seventh person, the fifth person to come on the show. So so far we've had fourteen and three for the Forty Niners, thirteen and four for the Bills, eleven five and one for the Ravens. 11 and 6 for the Seahawks. Do check those ones out if you haven't already listened to those. And then uh, you're there with 10 and 7. So you're currently our fifth most optimistic fan of the uh, series so far. <laughs> out of five, did you say? Oh, sorry. There are two more. I forgot about them. Uh, two Cardinals fans right at the bottom with five and six wins. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't feel that's we'll, we'll disregard those. Yeah. But, you know, the teams that you mentioned there, uh, everyone except potentially the Seahawks, I would expect to finish with a better record than uh, the Saints anyway. So I'm fifth most optimistic fan out of seven, considering the other two are Cardinals. That sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> right, before we go, um, obviously we will put your details on social media anyway. But if you listen to this podcast or you're watching on YouTube and you haven't got access to TikTok or Twitter, how can people find you on social media? Um. Well, if you don't have access to TikTok or... Oh, okay. If you have access... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can find me on... 
You can find me on TikTok. If you just type in Jay Lawrence, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I think it's JX Lawrence. I think I should know that off the top of my head. Twitter is uh, jlawrence91. Uh, my TikTok, I do a, basically, I, I just do a lot of NFL stuff. So if you are an NFL fan, you can just sort of go back and just uh, look at some a lot of stupid stuff that I've done and, and uh, asking people, you know, stupid questions outside uh, NFL games and all of that. So, yeah, you can find me on TikTok and uh, Twitter and Jay Lawrence, it's not that common a name, so you can just go, you can just search for it and you'll find it pretty easily. And of course, if you have a radio access, of course, you're on Absolute Radio. Is it 8 p.m. every night, you said? 10 p.m. every night. And uh, so Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m., you can get, catch me on Rock and Roll Football on Sunday afternoons as well. So if you're a football fan as in British football, uh, then you can, again, it's literally just me talking crap about football. Uh, mostly not so serious crap. So yeah, it's uh, so Sunday afternoons, 10 p.m. as well on uh, weeknights. Fantastic. So that will be where we end the podcast. So first of all, thank you, Jay, for coming on once again. Oh, good. Thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it. No problem at all. This has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy. This has been Jay Lawrence. And we will see you guys for our next season preview, which will be the Carolina Panthers. See you guys then. Boo. <laughs> <laughs>